0: Morning CSL. Oh yeah, they're up this morning. All right, we don't have to do it twice today. How's everyone doing? Good. Do we have our voices warmed up? Are we ready to go? We ready to sing? You're smiling and stuff, so I think we're ready. Let's stand up. Let's do our thing. You ready? Hey.
1: Today's core value is love. CSL's definition of love is God is love and so are you. Your ability to give and receive love is a gift from your creator. Today's quote is from Megan Roxanne, co-founder of The Good Quote. The consequence for the absence of self-love is losing yourself to people who don't love you either. I'm going to read that again. Wrap your mind around it. The consequence for the absence of self-love is losing yourself to people who don't love you either. Now, our opening prayer. Close your eyes if you choose. Today, as in every Sunday, the energy of love fills this room. Today, the universal creator I call God is present as the energy of love, expressing through each of us, present as the energy of honoring others and honoring ourselves as a gift. Of the divine. God's attributes of clarity and wisdom flow through Reverend Mike today as he speaks of ways to move beyond our story. I am grateful for the constant growth of our CSL community, always coming together as the love of the divine. And we all say together,
2: truly be good morning. good morning my name is debbie gaunt and i'm here to welcome you today to today's service Wow. I've been gone a couple of weeks, and as Kate says when she travels, it is always this amazing feeling to walk back into this room, to walk back into this community, and to be so welcomed and accepted and loved and cared for. It is just this amazing feeling. So thank you to all of you today. Let's stand as we start our Service today, let's state who we are, stating it with conviction, for we know it is true, and then let's greet one another. We are a diverse and inclusive spiritual community expressing God as love. <laughs>
0: I look around at you all every Sunday and you all, like literally that, that whole mantra that we have that talks about being very unique expressions of God. You all are so unique and special and precious in your own special way. You all bring all these individual types of love to the table and it's it's a blessing to actually stand on the stage and observe you. Because when you're there, you can see me When I'm here, I can actually see all of you. So I get to watch you all each Sunday. Um, When you're in your best, sometimes you come in at your lowest, but you come. So, you know, from my perspective, it's it's a blessing to just sit and watch you guys every Sunday. I leave full, so thank you for that.
3: So before I start, um, I love when we have a reason to acknowledge and celebrate someone. Um, many of you know Kathy Peterson. I'm going to have her stand a little bit. But um, for the last two years, Kathy has been doing her practitioner tra- prayer practitioner training online, uh, which uh, not everybody knows is a possibility. You don't have to um, take uh, classes in your center if they aren't available at that time. So, uh, and actually, that's what I did. I did all of my classes online until I went to ministerial school. So, anyway, Kathy's been doing that for the last two years. Uh, she passed every exam, everything, every hoop there was to jump through. And yesterday, she passed her oral panel. So, she is the newest CSL Kansas City prayer practitioner, if you would stand. <laughs> So I'm assuming you've started signing up for things already. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So I love the fact that we added inclusion um, to our uh, intention statement. When uh, Natasha suggested that to me, I thought, wow, why have I never thought of that? Um, So we say we are diverse and inclusive in this spiritual community. And I think what's important to uh, know is that diversity is not really the thing we choose. Diversity is a given. I mean, the Creator took care of that for us. Uh, the universe is diverse. It's there's full of variety. We had nothing to do with it. Our choice is to be inclusive. So inclusion is the choice that creates a safe and welcome seat at the table for everyone. So that's why I love the list of things we say we welcome you regardless of. Uh, I haven't said it in a while. So you are, each and every one of you, whether you've been here 20 years or 20 minutes, is welcome here regardless of your age, your race, your religion. You are welcome here regardless of your gender, your gender identification, who you love, who you vote for. You are welcome regardless of your income, your education, and whether your life looks the way you want it to look today or not. But the list just keeps growing of things that that I want to include. So today I want to say that you are welcome even if you are visiting from another church and you're just here to check us out. You are welcome if you are uh, questioning your faith. You are welcome if you have no faith. Uh, The reality is this community is made up of people who question who know that we are all spiritually evolving, growing, and what we believed 5, 10, 20 years ago, we don't even recognize that person sometimes. So this is a safe place to grow and evolve and question. And uh, I just love it that we, obviously we don't do it perfectly, but we really are trying really hard to be the best we can be about embracing And being inclusive. So thank you for being the community that does that together the best we can. And growing into it more and more. So today the lesson is moving beyond our story. As Judy said in her opening prayer. And I think that fits really well into our theme this month. Which is creativity, freedom, and choice. Because with our creative freedom to choose... We make a meaning and make a story of virtually everything that crosses our path. Uh, We are not going to eliminate our mind's nature to create stories and create meanings. But we can use our creative freedom to make a different meaning and to make and to write a different story. So for me, this may not come as a surprise to you, but for me, it helps to not take ourselves too seriously uh, and just laugh at our ability to make up some pretty wild and interesting stories. And what's even funnier is we're willing to tell them. <clears throat> so yesterday on Facebook, there's always something, there's always a story. <laughs> so yesterday on Facebook, my son Ryan posts a story that had happened three years ago. which is one of those memory things that pop up. You know, something you posted three years ago on that day suddenly appears out of nowhere. Facebook stores them in the invisible somewhere. So the mystery is why he found a deep enough meaning in this story to post it on Facebook. Uh, That's being unknown to me, but, you know, I'm just his dad, and he's 39, so I gave up that fight a long time ago. The saving grace was it was a short story. Uh, It's only two sentences, but it was packed with a punch. So here's what he says. Three years ago today, the power went off when I was in the bathroom at the office. That's a real talk to Jesus moment. (laughs) I guess it's because you're in the dark in the bathroom with no windows. I I don't know. Well, I know how creatively irreverent and inappropriate he can be, and I took the bait and responded to his story. So I said, not sure I want to know how your conversation with Jesus in a dark bathroom went. So now I have inserted myself into his story. Not always a smart decision, just so you know. Not always a smart decision to assert yourself in someone else's story. But I thought maybe there could possibly be an outside chance that he would think something like, Oh yeah, this is social media. Maybe I should have a filter right now. Well, I always start with hope up here. And then I just adjust downward (laughs) as I need to. So he responds to my comment that I wasn't sure I wanted to know how his conversation went with Jesus in the bathroom. And he responded with three words. And unfortunately, none of them are repeatable here. (coughs) Um, You can probably use your imagination to figure out the gist of it, but I just can't say it. The point is we love to tell our stories. We are invested in our stories. If you think that's not true, try taking away someone's story. So not only are we invested, we hope others will invest and join us in our story. It somehow makes us feel better uh, if at least one person will jump in and join us in the story we've made. So a number of years ago, I was facilitating a class. I don't even remember what the class was now. But uh, one evening, we were talking about this topic that we're talking about today, our stories. How we love to tell them, how we hope others will buy into our story with us. And about four or five weeks into the class, I noticed that there was one person who had this amazing gift And the gift this person has, or had, is they could pretty much take any topic, any conversation, any question, and weave their personal story into it. I mean, it was fascinating to watch. It was kind of frustrating for people in the class, but I would just stand back and thought, wow, how do you do that? So this particular class, I had them broken up into small groups. Uh, to talk about a question I had asked. And so while they were talking at their tables, I was just kind of walking around the room, not necessarily intentionally listening. But, you know, I picked up on a few conversations. And sure enough, the person, this person who I just told you about, was already working their story into the question that I had asked. And they had the entire table engaged in the story with them. So while, we, while they were still talking, I went to the flip chart at the front of the room, and I wrote this question. And Steph, I think we have a slide for this. So what I wrote was, what would happen if you were willing to give up your story and no longer tell it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Right. <clears throat> So I covered it up with a piece of paper so they didn't see it, and they went on with their conversation. And when they were done, I went to the flip chart. And I said, so while you were sharing, I wrote a question up here that I want to give you a chance to look at and to think about for a minute. So I let them read the question. What would happen if you're willing to give up your story and no longer tell it? Gave them the chance to think about it a minute and then see if anybody wanted to respond the first person <laughs> <clears throat> to raise their hand was the master storyteller. So you're asking if I stop telling my story? I said, yeah, that's, that's the question. And this person said, well, if I stop telling my story, I'm afraid I wouldn't have anything to say. What would I talk about if I gave that up? This person had become their story. It ran a lot of their life, just like all of our stories do, <clears throat> until we decide to use the gift of creative freedom to make a choice, and that is to rewrite a new, to write a new story. I mean, we were creative enough to write the first one. We're creative enough to make a new one. <clears throat> So I'm going to give you a scenario just to show you how quick and dirty and quick and easy it is for us to make a meeting and make up a story. So this has probably happened to all of us at one time or another. And we've made up a story when it happened. And um, it's okay if you want to shout out the answer, if you want to interact with me. So a friend tells you that they're going to pick you up at a certain time. <clears throat> so you can go out for something, a dinner, a movie, a concert. You know, you've got a date with someone. <clears throat> and they said they're going to pick you up at a certain time. So you are ready to go on time, just waiting. And this person hasn't shown up yet. They're not on time. <clears throat> so you can probably look overlook it for a while maybe a few minutes, but 10 minutes grows into 15 minutes and goes into 30 minutes, and all that time passes, and still nobody's showing up to pick you up, and they have not communicated with you. They haven't sent you, haven't called you, sent a text to explain what's going on. Eventually, the time passes past your limit for someone being late without communicating why, they haven't shown up. What's your story? You know, what do you, what meaning do you make about them, about the situation, being late without communicating? Here's the interactive part. <laughs> oh, you don't have to raise your hand. Just... Hey, I just sit there and read about oh, okay. They're rude, all right. See how quick we can do this. (laughs) We do this with everything. Somebody says something, doesn't say something. They do something, they don't do it. We. It is within seconds. We have made up a meaning. We have made up a story. And we love our story. I mean, how, why could it be wrong? We thought it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I heard a couple of things. I would judge them as being rude, it's inconsiderate, disrespectful. I also heard other things. You know, I would just read a book and wait, and maybe they'll show up, maybe they won't. <clears throat> um, I, I thought of a couple. Maybe you got the date and time wrong. Maybe they aren't the ones that's late. Maybe your calendar was incorrect. <clears throat> and I think I heard this one. Maybe they had an emergency. Maybe something happened that prevented them from getting there. Maybe you should call and check. So the point of it is, is how quickly we make a meaning. Because we are meaning-making machines, and we make up stories about virtually everything that has happened to us. And if you want to try that out, start as soon as you walk out the door and you start interacting with the rest of the world Uh, when you go to lunch or when you're trying to drive to get there or after you get home. The thing is, if we were creative enough to make up one story, we are creative enough to make up a different one. The only requirement is we have to be willing. To make up a different story. <clears throat> so what do we have stories about? What have we made up stories you know, in our lives about? So I've got a short list. Um, we make up stories about family. We all have stories about parents, caregivers who raised us. We have stories about our siblings, our children, We have some whoppers about ex-spouses and ex-partners. Maybe there was a teacher or a minister in your life who said or did something that wounded you or hurt you. You've got a story about it. We have stories about institutions. We have stories about the government, about politicians. We have stories about churches and religion, especially the church and the religion we came from. And we have stories about our education system that we we came through, you know, teachers and the, the institutions that educated us. And we have stories about our failures and successes. We have stories about our wins and our losses. <clears throat> so I said I like to laugh at some of this, so here's another little funny thing. <clears throat> there are, you may or not may or may not know this, it's probably just part of the joy of my job description. There are lots of stories about CSL from people who used to be here and no longer attend. There are stories about CSL from people who are still here. And there are stories about CSL people who have never set foot in the door, but they think they know who we are. So I'm going to give you the short list of the, th- the ones I've accumulated over the years just to let you in on my job description. <clears throat> so here they are. CSL is a cult. I've never figured that one out. I want to know why sometime. <clears throat> uh, CSL is a gay church. <clears throat> huh. So here are some opposite stories. CSL is not very diverse. I love CSL because they are so diverse. Two stories. CSL honors all religions. They are too Christian. (laughs) And CSL does not talk enough about Jesus and the Bible. They're not Christian enough. At CSL, they really love one another. And at CSLs, there's too much hugging. (laughs) But it is good to keep in mind that not everyone wants a hug. I just want to add that on. Not everybody feels safe with a hug. And Lee and I love this one. CSL has great contemporary music on one hand. The other story is their music is not spiritual enough. So if I wanted to lose my mind, I would try to reconcile all of those stories for everyone. But I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. So I am always fascinated by how long we can hold on to our stories. It seems there is no expiration date for a really good story. And the reason that fascinates me, and I know it's true... Is because I did it Some of you know this um, I've probably told it I know I've told it once Maybe twice um, And I only really tell it When it's really going to make a relevant point And the only reason I'm telling it this morning Is because It's become My perspective on it now Is to say We can heal anything We can rewrite any story No matter how bad it hurt Or the damage we feel like it did. uh, There is a power to heal in us that is so immense. That we can heal things that we never thought we could. So I was raised in a small rural town in the middle of nowhere in southern Illinois. Um, Everyone knew one another. Uh, Everyone felt safe. Uh, No one locked their doors when we left home. When we got out of our car to go in a restaurant or go shop, nobody locked their car doors. Uh, It appeared that there were just no threats to our safety. The only indoor entertainment we had was cards and board games and three TV channels when the weather was good. We had this, you know, I don't know how old you are, but we had this huge TV antenna on the top of the house and a rotor. On the inside, and us kids would have to go outside, turn a little bit more, turn a little bit more. You know, it was it was so high tech. <clears throat> so the only outdoor entertainment we had was sports, and since we had the biggest yard and all the sports equipment, uh, everyone came to our house to play anything that was considered an outdoor sport. So it was just—I say all that to say—it was like there was just this close-knit community feeling. It was like everybody was family, we all knew each other, and it was just safe. So when I was five, I started setting up rows of chairs in my parents' living room. And I filled up their living room with rows and rows of empty chairs, and I pretended I was speaking to a full room of people (laughs) when I was five. It didn't matter that the chairs were empty. Uh, I saw them with people in them, and I was talking to them. So about the same time, though, when I was five, our next-door neighbor started molesting me, and it went on for a year or so, until I broke the code of silence that said, we don't talk about uncomfortable things. So you can imagine the risk. Uh, I told what the neighbor was doing, and no one believed it. So, my five-year-old brain created a story, and it was a simple one. I mean, it was not complicated at all. It's not safe to speak up. No one will listen or believe you if you do. And I stopped setting up the chairs in the living room and pretending I was talking to a room full of people because, after all, no one was going to listen. So, as outrageous as it may sound, I held on to that no-one-will-listen story for 40 years. I took jobs that kept me hidden in a cubicle or in a private office, and I had some good jobs It wasn't that had nothing to do with job success. You know, I had some great perks, great benefits, and I stayed as hidden and as invisible as I could. So when I was 45, 40 years after all this happened when I was five, I started remembering the little boy who stood in front of those chairs in the living room and something in me wanted that story back. So the first thing I did was go to a therapist and my first therapist told me the best you can do with that experience you had when you were five is just learn to live with it. And I decided we weren't a good match, (laughs) that uh, it was way more possible than to just live with it. So I'm going to cut through all the details and all the story and just say it took a while, but I got a support system of people together who believed we can do better than just live with it and believed we can rewrite our stories. Now, it did not happen overnight. It took a while. Uh, But it did happen. It did get rewritten. And you are the demonstration that a story can be rewritten because it's not a room full of empty chairs anymore. Thank you, I didn't write that into my notes. (laughs) But here is what I really want you to take away this morning, and I have another slide for this, Steph, if you would bring that up. Any story that keeps me living anything less than the life of love and joy I deserve is a story that needs a rewrite. So I'm going to ask you to say that with me. And if that feels shaky right now, just say it as confidently as you can. So let's say it. Any story that keeps me living anything less than the life of love. And that's true whether it is a story that you are telling yourself. If someone else is telling you about yourself or if your culture is telling you that about yourself. We don't rewrite our stories alone very often. We need the support of others to rewrite our stories with us. That's why here we stand up for one another. We speak up for one another and we support one another in rewriting the story. Even if that means rewriting the story, our culture is telling us that we have to settle for or it can't be anything any different or any better than this. That's why we need communities like this who will invest in the spiritual well-being of its people, who need a safe place of inclusion to be accepted just the way they are wherever they are in their life and then support and love them into rewriting their own healing story. And so ends the lesson. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So we have an affirmation that speaks to what we're doing with the power of good in the universe to support our lives. So let's say this together, and then we will have a spiritual practice together. I forgot what it was. Oh, there it is. There is a power for good in the universe. I am using it to create the story of my life. So, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and take that journey inside that we do together every week at this time after the lesson. And I like to say there's really nothing magic about closing our eyes, it just shuts out all the visual stimulus that we have that kind of changes our perspective sometimes. We need to not judge by appearances. And to just go to that place inside that just contains the truth about every one of us. That we are infused and downloaded with all of God that we will ever need. God will not be bigger for us sometime later in the future. God is as big as God will ever be right now. We just have to change our perception about the bigness of the one we call God or our creator, however you connect with the name. We forget what's within us. That Jesus said it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. The rest of it falls on us. It's our job to just receive it. And we let so much get in the way of God's desire to give us the kingdom. We make up our stories and we hold on to them for dear life. And any story that causes you to live less than the life of love and joy that you deserve is in the way. And it needs to be rewritten. And it's possible to rewrite it. And it may not be alone. There are people who will help you rewrite your story. I would be happy to do that, to support you. There are other people here who would support you in rewriting a story. Because you deserve a life of love and joy, free from stories that tell you that's not possible for you. It's in each and every one of us. The problem is we've been told otherwise and that's that's just not true. Those are lies. You deserve it. So our meditation practice is just simply going inside and doing our best to free ourselves of the story that says we aren't enough, failed, we were born into the wrong family, all the countless stories we have that cause us to live below the level of God's plan for us. Whether it's individually or collectively as a culture, our job is to support one another in rewriting the stories of our life and the story that our culture has created for us. We can do that. So let's go inside to that quiet place that only knows truth, that only knows the strength of our character, the strength of our spiritual being, to be all that we came here to be as we sit quietly for a few minutes. That we need right here in this room. There is enough of everything we need within us already, even if we were the only one in the room. But add 150 people to it, there's way more than what we need. There's more than enough love, more than enough support, more than enough compassion, more than enough inclusion. To love each and every one of us just the way we are, wherever we are, regardless of who we are, regardless of our past experience. We are our own healers and we are the healers for one another. We are the healers and the transformers of those outside of this room. We're up for that. We have it within us to do it. Thank you for being people who care so, so deeply for one another and so it is.
2: prayer practitioners. We just cannot say enough good things about them each and every week. They are the most caring, loving group of individuals here who have spent time in study and training. Um, They are here and available for you. You can reach out to them after the service to help you rewrite your story or to hold something that um, is a joy or a, a a challenge in your life for you and help you work through that. They're available to you after the service. They'll be wearing the white stoles around the edges of the room. You can reach out to them through prayer cards that are in the chairs at the end of the rows. You can leave those cards in the offering baskets that will be coming around or in the prayer box in the back. There's a 24-hour prayer line for you each and every day. Whatever your need is and however you feel most comfortable, please take advantage of this. They are here and there. So available for you. I also want to thank you at this time for your gifts, your sharing of your time, your talents, your treasure, for each and everything that you share with this community. It is multiplied and given back to you. Without your financial support, we would not be able to do the things that we do here at CSL each week or out in our community giving can be done through your offering baskets that'll be coming around through the kiosk in the back or through your financial institution however and whatever you give we thank you and to all of you i say namaste so so
3: front row listening to you sing. You sound really wonderful singing that song. Uh, If you were here for the very first time this morning, uh, we want to thank you for uh, spending an hour or so with us. Uh, We appreciate uh, you giving us a look and uh, checking us out. We uh, love showing who we are and um, would love to meet you at the door. Uh, We um, always want to know who you are and how you found us, so please stop at the door and introduce yourself to me. Um, we do like to stay in contact with you during the week if that's something you want from us. Uh, Natasha Riel Scari is our social media director. Does an amazing job on Facebook and Instagram keeping um, CSL in front of people. Uh, those are the ways that you can uh, hook up and connect with those two social media platforms to find out what she posts all week long about events and happenings that are going on here um, and just to interact with us, we don't see Sunday as just the only time that we connect. We do it through the week uh, in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> um, this may be the last Sunday to sign up for the dinners for eight. Um, there are We started out with six hosts that were willing to let people come into their home and go through their stuff. Um, <laughs> that's never happened. Um, so anyway, three of them are full, and there are a few spots left in the remaining three dinners. So uh, the sign ups are at the table in the back. It will show the particular night of the dinner and the menu, so you can pay your thirty dollars at the table or pay on the kiosk um, before uh, the dinner, uh, hopefully you know preferably today. So um, it's really a great way, you know, to meet new people, to connect in ways that you just don't have a chance on Sunday morning when we're in and out real fast. I spend two or three hours um, having drinks and dinner with somebody uh, in their home and a group of eight to ten other people. So take advantage of that. It's a great way to meet people and and, uh, make new friendships. Thank you again for being here. We appreciate your presence. Let's sing for our kids coming in, and then we will stand and... Have a close. Oh, yeah.
0: So listen, everyone. Each Sunday, <laughs> you, come, come. Me? You. Every Sunday we stand here and we sing to you all. If you don't mind, I'd like for you all to sing to her, because she just celebrated a birthday. <laughs> Happy, Happy, Father, Happy birthday,
4: birthday to you.
0: Let's sing those kids in y'all
3: Young people can be in here with us. We can all be a family uh, in the same room together. Join hands if it's comfortable and let's know this truth, that each each and every one of us already has everything we need. Within us, the power, the presence, the intelligence, the clarity, to be clear about what it is our place is in the world and our right to be here. It is your right to take up the space that you take up. You are meant to be here at this particular time in history with a particular gift, a talent, and a capability that someone is waiting for. So we give thanks for that potential in each and every one of us, regardless of our age, regardless of how long we've been here. We are walking, living potential. For that, we give thanks, and with gratitude, we end by saying, and so it is. So let's say our I am statement the thing we end with that we want to remember all week long. Who are you? I am a perfect expression of God, entitled to a life of love (laughs) and and joy. Have a great week.